I'm a I'm a Matt Batorti Democrat. Um, there's a number of, of Democrats uh, who um, who I admire, who, who do a lot of great work, but I don't define myself by one particular person or wing of the Democratic Party. Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus. And on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, my conversation with Matt Petorti, the latest Democrat entering the race to try to take down the number three House Republican, Elise Stefanik, from New York's 21st District. The community in Whitehall is the foundation of who I am. I think it informs a lot of my desire to run for Congress. I spoke with Petorti on Wednesday, two days after he kicked off his campaign. I grew up in Whitehall in Washington County, which is a small town. My family's been here for four generations. My great-grandmother started a small business, a, a grocery store in town in the late 1920s that my family still owns today. My parents still own and operate that today, um, which I think is quite incredible that you have this um, immigrant woman in the late 20s starting a business that almost a century later has employed hundreds of people and is still thriving in the community. Um, and it's really in Whitehall that I learned the values that have inspired this run for Congress, values like community and empathy and service and patriotism. I've tried to live those values my entire life, from serving in AmeriCorps and doing volunteer work in Sudan to the pro bono work that I do as a lawyer, um, fighting for um, the LGBT population and to make sure that our immigration system is fair and uh, working to reduce gun violence in America. And so the next step on my public service journey for me is now running for this uh, seat in New York's 21st Congressional District. And I really made the decision after I saw Elise Stefanik shift from what she had portrayed herself as this moderate bipartisan member of Congress to what I consider now a very dangerous person uh, who has aligned herself with this faction, the Republican Party, that is challenging free and fair elections, that uh, she voted against the investigation of the insurrection at the Capitol. All of those things are undermining democracy. They're not upholding the Constitution. They're undermining democracy. And I'm really concerned about the actions that she's taking. So I decided to jump in this race, uh, to challenge her, to hold her to account, and to give voice to the real values that people in New York 21 have. You've never held uh, elective office before. Why run for Congress and not something uh, local or on the state level first? I'm running for this particular seat because I'm so concerned about what Elise is doing, um, and I'm happy to step up to do it. I've been involved with a number of organizations, been in leadership roles in, in many of those organizations, so have experience working collaboratively, leading groups of people, working for positive change, and I think this is a, a great opportunity. Um, and because I'm from Whitehall, I'm really interested in representing the people of the 21st District. Now, Stefanik's campaign, after you kicked off your campaign announcement, dismissed you as a New York City lawyer. So to be specific, where are you living now? I live in Whitehall. How long have you lived there? I grew up in Whitehall, um, and after the attack on the Capitol, made the decision to run for Congress, um, and so recently have returned home to run for the seat. Does she have a point that, you know, you might be out of touch with the district having not lived here for quite a while? 
I, I no, she doesn't. Um, I, like I said, I've grown up in this district. My family's been here for four generations. My parents have continued to operate this business in, in the district. Um, I know the district very well um, and have always been connected to the people in the district. I grew up in a small town. Everybody knows everybody, um, and we maintain relationships. Um, so I, I'm very connected to the district. Let me ask you a, a little bit more about running against Congresswoman Stefanik. She's now the number three Republican in the conference, in the House uh, Republican conference. She's obviously very well funded and very well connected. This is an uphill climb, to say the least, to to defeat Elise Stefanik. She's beaten Tedra Cobb uh, two cycles in a row. She's outperformed the National Party uh, in many ways in New York 21. What makes you think you can win? The Elise Stefanik who's running in this election is a different Elise Stefanik who's run in prior elections. She started her career again portraying herself as this moderate bipartisan member of Congress, but has shifted and to, to challenge the democracy, to challenge the Constitution, to ignore the insurrection on the Capitol, refuse to certify some of the election results. Um, and those aren't the values that people in New York 21 have. People in New York 21 in the North Country have a deep love for the country, and that's not a love for the country. So I'm undaunted um, by, by running against her. It's a different Elise, and I think the people in the North Country recognize that and will support somebody who is, in fact, trying to protect democracy. You make no secret of the fact that you're an openly gay man. Uh, is the district... Uh, ready to elect somebody like you? The the district is absolutely ready for a gay man to represent them. Um, when I came out, it was I was met with acceptance and love, and um, have never had any issues with with being gay. And I think that is because people in the North Country do genuinely care about each other, look out for each other, um, and so that I am gay is. Uh, is not an issue, um, has never been. Um, and I, and I, that's partly why, one of the many reasons why I love this district, because they're, they're so wonderful and accepting. Why do you think Congresswoman Stefanik has remained so popular in New York 21 over her career? As you say, it's been well documented. She has shifted uh, some of her positions and some of her alignments within the Republican Party. But but she still won overwhelmingly in the 2020 election. Uh, what explains her continuing popularity within the district? Elise hadn't fully made her shift to align herself with Donald Trump and the Republican Party by the time of the last election. And so I think there will be a new Elise on the ballot. She has continued to um, support Donald Trump, really go all in on him. And I think that will be reflected in, in the next election, because I don't think the people of 21 uh, want that want her to represent them. Let me ask you about some issues. Um, Politically speaking, who are who are some of your heroes in politics, people that, you know, you identify with or you'd like to emulate in public service? There's a a lot of public servants who who I admire um, and they're ones who I think look out for people who are on the margins, who work to reduce income inequality, to address the major issues um, uh, that, that affect people's daily lives, things like good paying jobs and, and health care. Um, and so there's a number of, of public servants who have done that work um, and 
I would like to, to follow their lead in, in representing people fairly and equally and, and making sure that we listen to constituents. Okay, let me try again. Uh, in terms of the Democratic Party of 2021, are you, uh, do you consider yourself, you know, in the Joe Biden uh, wing of the party? Do you consider yourself in the Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren lane? I'm a I'm a Matt Batorti Democrat. Um, there's a number of, of Democrats uh, who um, who I admire, who who do a lot of great work, but I don't define myself by one particular person or wing of the Democratic Party. I think what's great about the party is that we allow space for a lot of ideas to come to the forefront and we debate them and we talk about them, consider their merits and collectively find the solution that will be the most beneficial to the most number of people um, that can be pragmatically and reasonably implemented. So your uh, campaign bio says that you've worked on the issue of uh, guns throughout your career in your pro bono work. What would you like to do on that issue if you were elected to Congress? I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment. The work, the prior work that I've done related to gun violence has been to reduce gun violence in America. And what I would like to do is to continue to work to reduce gun violence in America. We've we continue to see a rise in mass shootings, and I think everybody is concerned by that. And so um, the work that I would like to do should fo- would focus on reducing gun violence in America. Okay, how would you do that? Do you favor new restrictions on the types of weapons that can be purchased? How would you go about it? I think we already have a, a good legislative, um, legislative framework to reduce gun violence in America while protecting the rights of sensible, reasonable gun owners. And so it is a matter of enforcing those policies that are already on the books. What do you mean by that? So making sure, and so making sure that um, guns don't get in the hands of people who shouldn't have them. So for example, one matter that I worked on, there was legislation that prevented, uh, that there's federal legislation that prevents Uh, certain people from owning guns, for example, if you've ever had a felony conviction. And so the government was keeping track of those records, but wasn't sharing it with the other branches. And so we want to make sure that those records are shared so that guns don't get in the hands of people who are already federally prohibited from owning guns. So there is good legislation already. It is a matter of making sure that it's being enforced. What about infrastructure? Uh, Joe Biden has this infrastructure uh, proposal that's being debated um, in Congress right now and proposes to pay for it with a a new tax on the wealthiest Americans. Is that something that you would support if you were in Congress right now? I do support a strong infrastructure bill. Um, We need better roads. We need broader access to broadband, particularly in the North Country. And so um, an infrastructure bill will help remedy those problems. It will put people back to work. Um, and I think is something that our country des- desperately needs to invest in. And as far as his proposal to pay for that infrastructure package? Yeah. Uh, uh, is your question, should, the, should there be a wealth tax to pay for the infrastructure bill? Yes. Yes, I think the wealthiest Americans should help pay for the, pay for infrastructure developments. Um, you know, so many uh, wealthy individuals and corporations um, 
have accessed that infrastructure to build their businesses. And so it, it is only fair that they help continue to build that infrastructure and make it better. Let me go to immigration next. Uh, it's no secret that there's been um, a high profile uh, crossing in the, the New York 21 district uh, for refugees who um, are trying to make it to Canada. Uh, what's your vision of, of an American immigration system? What would you like to fix? What do you see? My family is an immigrant family. My great-grandmother came from Italy when she was a young child, um, didn't speak English, didn't have a lot of money, and was able to build a successful business. And so an immigration system um, that I would like to see is one that continues to welcome immigrants into the country um, and recognize their, their potential, um, but one that is also um, uh, fair and, and safe. You know, raising an idea from a few years ago, do you think it's a good idea uh, to offer a pathway to immigration for the undocumented immigrants, many millions of whom are already in this country? I do think we need to address the the number of undocumented immigrants who are in the country currently. Um, and I do think that a pathway to citizenship is a good option that we should consider. Okay, let's go to health care next. Uh, there's Obviously, a lot of debate in the Democratic Party about the best way forward. Do you strengthen the Affordable Care Act? Should single payer be on the table instead, Medicare for all? What would you like to see? I think the ACA was um, a great step forward in ensuring that all Americans get access to quality, good health care that doesn't bankrupt them. Um, in my announcement video, I described the town where I grew up as a spaghetti dinner town. It's a place where if oftentimes if somebody gets diagnosed with a life-threatening illness and their insurance isn't going to cover all of it, the community comes together and throws a spaghetti dinner fundraiser. I love that about the community where I grew up. I think it, it reinforces the values that, that they taught me. Um, but it also is a symptom that our system is broken that if people have to throw a spaghetti dinner fundraiser to get health care, that is a problem. And so um, I do think that the ACA was a great step forward um, in providing better health care to Americans and should be, um, it should be strengthened. Specifically, how would you do that? I think it's expanding access to, to health care. Um, I think, again, there are a lot of great ideas on the table about how healthcare could be improved, but I think strengthening the, the ACA is the way to do it. Specifically, would you vote for a single payer or Medicare for all option if it came to your desk? I would evaluate the, a proposal for a single payer option, but I think strengthening the ACA in the first instance is the better route to go. To go. Okay, a few more things. Uh, should the Supreme Court be expanded? The Supreme Court holds obviously a very important role in American democracy, um, and I'm very troubled by the actions that Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans took several years ago um, in denying Obama, uh, President Obama, um, the seat that he was rightfully entitled to, to fill. Um, and uh, I but I, I don't think at this time expanding the Supreme Court um, is something that we should consider. I think it's, it, it, it is not something we should consider. How come? Um, because 
I think it would be too reactionary. Um, I think we have uh, systems in place to, to protect our democracy already, um, and this, that would be a reactionary way to, to go about fixing um, a problem. Fort Drum is in uh, the New York 21 district. Uh, what's your approach to military matters and foreign policy? Um, could you explain a little bit more what you mean by that question? Sure. Are we spending uh, an appropriate amount of money on defense? Would you like to see any changes to uh, the Pentagon budget? Sure. We need to first and foremost look after our military service people and and veterans and make sure that they're cared for, um, that they're properly trained, um, that they get the support that they need. Um, And I think the, the Pentagon should obviously keep up with changing technology, changing methods of, of protection of our country, um, and so should be supported in, in doing that. I just want to, you know, kind of wrap up going back to you a little bit. Um, voters know Elise Stefanik now at this point uh, in, in this district. She's been, you know, elected uh, and reelected. Now she's in her fourth term. So as you make the case, as you start to make the case to first Democrats and then if you win that primary uh, general election voters, what's your message for why people should make a change? People should make a change from Elise Stefanik because she's a threat to democracy. She challenges free and fair elections. She, she has continued to lie. I, we saw this, for example, I, when I announced my candidacy, um, within two minutes, she had already put out a tweet um, lying about me. And we deserve better in our elected officials. What was that uh, lie specifically? Sorry to interrupt. Uh, the statement that she put out right after the election, I think, referred to me as a far left socialist. And um, that, that, that is a lie. She put that statement out two minutes after I announced uh, my candidacy. Um, so you're and, not you're not far left or you're not a socialist. <laughs> I'm just trying to be specific. Sure. Uh, yes. No, I, I, that's a total mischaracterization of who I am. And she has no idea who I am. It was just a complete misstatement of facts based based on nothing. Um, it was so reactionary. It was a, a tired response that that she uses for every Democrat. And so um, I want to be the person that that listens to constituents to represent their values. Um, I am uh, a gay man, a Catholic, um, a lawyer, a son, uh, son of a small business owners. um, And I want people to know that about me. What's the number one problem facing New York 21 in your mind? The biggest issue for people in New York 21 is making sure that they have good paying jobs, jobs that lift people out of poverty, jobs that keep people in a solid middle-class life. That, that is the biggest issue because I think it defines so many other aspects of people's lives. Well, Matt Petorti is a Democrat running for Congress in New York's 21st Congressional District. I think this will be the first of many conversations to come. And uh, as we say to everybody, Matt, good luck. Thank you so much. All right. That does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus.